Hello, and welcome to the More Than Moves podcast, where we explore all the different things that we can do together as an elders quorum beyond helping people move. I'm here with Charles Moore, who some of you may know as one of our elders quorum instructors, but today we're going to get to know him a little bit better and uh, learn a little bit more about his interests. And Charles, given the boundary changes and a bunch of other things, you know, some people may not know you uh, kind of in the quorum. And so maybe you can just briefly introduce yourself. I am originally from New York City, uh, moved out to California, um, to Mountain View, uh, about 10 years ago. When you were growing up in New York, I know you've mentioned before that you're a Yankees fan. Was there any option? Was there any debate between the Yankees and the Mets? Or like, how does that even work? Like, is there a certain way to delineate who's likely to become a Yankees fan and who's likely to become a Mets fan? It's a difficult formula, for sure. Usually, I think Yankees fans tend to be closer to Manhattan for some reason. The further out on Long Island or the further away you go in New Jersey tends to be Mets fans. And then, of course, uh, around Queens, you have a lot of Mets fans because that's where they play. And in the Bronx, you have a lot of Yankees fans. Uh, and then for some reason, I guess Connecticut is almost all Yankees fans until you get to a certain town, then it turns into Red Sox fans. Um, but I think that's because it's closer for them to go to the Bronx. So my family were Yankees fans before the Mets moved in. So they stayed Yankees fans, even though we're from Queens, actually, and we we're from South Queens. So we're really close to Shea Stadium, but we would go all the way to the Bronx to, to Yankees games. My uncle actually sold T-shirts, had a T-shirt business, and sold T-shirts outside of Yankee Stadium. So growing up, my uh, two cousins were both older than me, um, about five years and seven years older, kind of like big brothers to me. Um, we would go up to Yankee Stadium and sell t-shirts during the summer. If we got to sell enough t-shirts, then we'd get to go in and see the game. It goes really, really back far in, in my family as Yankee fans. And, and those were some uh, great years, um, a lot of World Series championships. So, in fact, we moved out of New York, and I would still listen to the Yankees on the radio. Somehow I was able to get Yankees uh Games, So I started listening to a lot of baseball, even after um, we moved out and couldn't get them on TV anymore or go to the games anymore. So yeah, my, my relationship with the Yankees goes, goes pretty deep. After college, I went to college in Philadelphia and moved back to New York right when the, the next kind of dynasty happened with Derek Jeter and Mariano Rivera and those players. So I got to see all those players kind of come up. I think I saw Derek Jeter's first hit in Yankee Stadium. I saw Mariano Rivera's first game, which was exciting. He was a starter and was horrible because he only had one pitch. <laughs> but he, he, he struck out everybody in the first inning like those old uh, Bugs Bunny movies. It was just like one, two, three, and you're out. One, two, three, and you're out. And then eventually the, the other team figured him out and started just hit him all over. But he never switched. What we loved was that... He never faltered. He never tried another pitch. He never attempted to throw a ball. He just was like, I have one pitch. Let's see if you can hit it. So we loved him. He, he left to a standing ovation, even though he, we were losing like 5 nothing. But we just, we'd never seen anything like that. So there were a lot of great moments like that at Yankee Stadium growing up. Uh, I mean, um, when I came back after college. And also, one of my friend's friend ran a 
little service at Yankee Stadium uh, where you paid like like $20 or $30 and you got to call an inning of the game. And they would give you the network feed in a booth. You'd put on the, the headset. Um, you'd sit with your friend. They'd give you all these stat sheets so you're all smart. You're like, oh, he's three for 10 in the last two games. And you'd have all these stats. And then you get to leave with the VHS tape and you go home and you show it and people are like, this is amazing. You're calling a game and how do you know all this stuff? So we would hang out near there, and if he didn't have anybody for that inning, we would let us just jump on. So I have a bunch of tapes of just me and friends, you know, calling games and, and having a great time at the stadium. So, yeah, a lot of great memories. That's an amazing idea. Yeah. It's like so cool. I'm um, surprised other people haven't done that because it was really, and especially nowadays, you could just send them a link to, you know, a video in the cloud. And uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. So many great memories. And so are there other things that you're into, or is it just being a Yankees fan? <laughs> no, it, it's a lot. I actually did enjoy a lot of sports. I've played soccer most of my life. Um, I actually got a scholarship for college to go to Drexel University in Philadelphia. In high school, we went over to England with the team and, and trained there for a little while, which was really fun. What position did you play? I played mostly defense, like stopper, but you know, in my career I played pretty much everywhere. It was funny, in college, Drexel University didn't have a football team, so soccer got a lot of money. So the entire team was on full scholarship, so we had a lot of talent. We had players from England, Belize, a couple others from Europe, uh, I think Norway. We had some really good talent, but the coach was just clueless. Like, he literally... He had no idea what to do with us. So he played me forward for a while and he was just, just had so much talent, but just no good skills. So, uh, you know, from that respect, college was a little bit of a letdown because I had such good coaches, just luckily uh, had such good coaches growing up. Uh, in fact, one of my coaches is now the World Cup trainer uh, for the U.S. national team, runs all their physical therapy. We get to go, my, my, my club team growing up, we get tickets to pretty much every World Cup. It's just a matter of, can we get there? So we've got to go to, you know, the 94 World Cup that was here. We saw, you know, all the games in New York and flew out to LA and saw some games. But yeah, soccer's been a, a real passion of mine for a while. When I started playing, there really was no soccer on television. So we had to watch tapes of other of World Cup games. And that was kind of our only experience. Um, but it was great because it was soccer at its highest level. And a bunch of us just got really into it and, you know, we'd get all these tapes and look for recordings and, you know, that team just came together so well and we stayed together for eight, eight years or so and it was a, a really fun run. You know, we got further than any other team when that, you know, we went to the Nationals and all that stuff and won the league. I think we won every single league that we could be in and, and all that. So. A um, couple of the players actually did go on to the Olympic team. Nobody ended up playing professional. But what I like about soccer, um, I think a lot of sports uh, is this way, is that you, you keep the friends for life. Like when I think about the longest friends that I've had in all the different places we've moved and, you know, college and people move away, it seems to be those soccer friends that I communicate with still and try to arrange time to see around World Cup time and things like that the most. So, What do you think is it about the game that causes that to happen, maybe relative to other sports? Especially back when I played, it was kind of an underdog thing. It, it 
you know, I know soccer is still not that popular in the United States, but, you know, back then it really wasn't. So it was, you know, it felt like something that was ours, you know. Um, because you have this huge world event that's every four years, I guess it has also a built-in reason for everybody to get back together again. We all went to the World Cup when it was here in 94 and had such great memories of that. So I think that's kind of, you know, we're all still trying to relive that, that 1994 trip to L.A. Do you um, play much anymore? or? Yeah, so now I coach my son. He's in AYSO, so I've been coaching him for a couple of years. I coached my daughter for a couple of years, and I have played in some adult leagues, Palo Alto. Just the commute gets to be a little bit much, so um, I think I'm going to try. There's a pickup league I heard that's pretty good in Mountain View, so I think I'm going to try that probably in the spring. So Yankees, soccer, are there other things that you enjoy? I've always been a big fan of movies. I think... Growing up, I probably get that from my parents. Their first date, they went to the movies to see The Producers with Gene Wilder. And they liked it so much, they stayed all day. And I think they saw it like five times in a row. And, and their relationship has kind of been the same since that day, I think. They laugh together and, you know, they really love comedy. Growing up, there were movies on all the time. And my mom would actually joke. She would go to the movies when I was a baby and, and take me to these movies that were like, you know, you know, Earthquake and Jaws and all these movies that really, you know, someone that young should not have been at. But I would just fall asleep. She's like, ah, you're going to fall asleep in the first 20 minutes. Like, really? I should, should I really be watching The Exorcist? Ah, don't worry. You're going to, you'll be out in 20 minutes. So <laughs> I think falling asleep to movies is something I've been doing since so young. But it's, I, I really love it. Um, I, I, I like the, the, the editing. I can almost tell, I've watched so many movies now, I can almost tell what happened when a movie, like, you know, I'll be watching a movie with, with my wife, uh, Mary D, and I'll, I'll say to her, oh man, I, I can tell this is a first time director. You know, he has all these great cast and the story's good, but there's just something off. And then I'll have to go and do research and see if I was right about what exactly was off. So, you know, it's it's exciting. And I think I've uh, passed it on to my kids who are big movie buffs as well. And, you know, mostly around Star Wars and Harry Potters and things like that. Now, did you study film at all or just the, the ability to kind of understand and critique film has just grown out of this natural interest that you've had? Um, I think a, a little of both. I took a couple classes um, in college, which I really liked, which were like analyzing film and theme and, you know, how directors set up shots and things like that. So I took one and it was a range of di- directors uh, up to current. And then I took one specifically on Alfred Hitchcock. And that was really, really interesting because then I feel like we really started dissecting the MacGuffin, which is the secondary story in a movie, and all those different aspects of a film, and got to see some great films and discuss them, you know, with uh, film majors. And uh, I think the teacher had been a assistant director on some pretty big movies and things. So that kind of fueled my passion even more. Do you have an overall favorite one of all time? You mentioned oh, Star Wars no. and you know Harry Potter's and things like that, but. Is it even possible to just pick one, or is that is tough? It's too it's, hard. That is, it's really tough. It's like 
you know, picking the best band, you know, I think there's kind of the best band and your favorite band may not be the same, you know. So I think with movies, it's the same. Oh man, that that is tough. I haven't thought about that one for a while. I, was there one when you were growing up that like kind of stands out in your memory of? Well, yeah, it's like I mean, a special experience, <clears throat> either going to the theater or you know some other reason. Yeah, I guess I'd have to say Jaws. It was a favorite movie of the family. We would go like every summer. I saw it when I was way too young, so I was afraid of sharks for years. You know, I wouldn't go in the ocean. I was even afraid in the bathtub. I was like, you know, my parents or my mom say, what are you worried about? She's like, well, you never did. You come up through the drain. You know, it's not safe in here. Yeah, Jaws was a great one, and it was also a great film, like how it was made. Um, I really love the behind the scenes for Jaws when you see exactly all the problems they were having with the shark. It wasn't working. The mechanical shark uh, was broken, but they had already started production, so they had to just keep shooting. And that's why the shark doesn't show up for so long in the movie. The shark was supposed to be in the first scene, that first, you're supposed to see the shark, but it wasn't ready, so, but it would end up being the suspense, you know, and then the reveal of the shark is this big, you know, moment in the picture. So, you know, the movie ended up a little different than they intended, but, um, you know, much, much better probably than the original. So, you know, Jaws might be, I say, the best, all those different aspects of filmmaking and acting, obviously. Um, and then The Godfather was always a, a movie. It was so big around the time I was growing up and, you know, it became kind of, it took on a culture of its own and everything. And it was actually very, very well made as, as well. So those two were, were always big growing up. Well, Charles, I feel like we are probably only scratching the surface here. <laughs> I would love to spend way more time than we have at the moment. So thank you for being a part of this. For sure, if you don't know Charles, you should come and say hi to him and get to know him a little bit better, whether that's related to the Yankees or movies or any number of other things, soccer and so on. Just lots of reasons to get to know Charles. So um, thanks for being a part of a quorum and being part of this podcast too. Thank you. I appreciate it.